camera pans down from the top of the cavern's ceiling, focuses deeply on the Gothias tree, which is being illuminated by all the fluorescent fungi hanging from the ceilings and growing along the ground. The party is but a few feet from their goal. The older, robed human with a long and unkept beard uses his staff as a walking stick as he circles the tree. The two other humans have their eyes fixed on you, never blinking. Intruders, please, if you could be so kind as to step forward. I would like to see you with my own eyes. These goblins make you out to be rather fierce. Dempsey steps away from the briars and passes a stone wall, which stands 20 feet tall, despite the fact that it is currently falling apart. The robed human pivots away from the tree and focuses deeply on you. There you are. To whom do I owe the pleasure? Dempsey steps forward. My name is Dempsey. I hail from the town of Greenest, and we're here to speak with Balak. Ah, is that so? Well, unfortunately you just missed him. You missed him by a dozen years. He, he is no longer a resident of these parts. Apologies. Alright, let's roll a perception check to see if this person is telling the truth and see if they are Block. We'll have Dempsey roll it. Alright, 11. Not quite, quite sure. You have an idea. No, you're not quite sure. Well, if you're not Block, if you don't mind me asking, who are you? Ah. Uh. Allow me to introduce myself. I... I am the Shepherd. The Shepherd of the Undergrove. And the caretaker... of this... the Gothias tree. Ah, pleasure to meet you. However, uh, that is unfortunate, you see. Uh, I have something of Balak's. You flash the stolen journal you just looted previously in his study chamber. Is that right? Uh, uh, what is that that you are holding? My, my eyesight isn't what it used to be. Oh, the, this? Nothing, really. Just a, uh, an old storybook. Yeah. It's about a, a druid. He was a, uh, excommunicated from his circle. Rather tragic story. Simply trying to help others, it sounded like. Is that right? Tell me. Is the story any good? Dempsey turns to his right, and Erky steps forward. Kind of rambles on for a while. Bounces all over the place. However, I haven't really read the whole thing yet. I'll let you know how it comes to an end here. Uh, roll a perception check for Mr. Erky, as he is insulting the outcast. Alright, 13. The outcast can be seen twitching with anger, gripping his staff as tightly as his hands allow. The outcast can be seen mumbling in anger, shaking his head back and forth. His eyes turn bright red, only for a moment. If you were to blink, you would have missed it. And right on cue, almost instinctual, the younger male rushes the party, raising his sword. His eyes are black and lifeless. His skin is gray, and under that skin, his black veins can be seen, going up and down, tracing around his eyes. Halt. Wait. The knight comes to a skittering stop before snapping back to attention. The knight is now around 20 feet from the party. Thank you, Sir Bradford. In due time. In due time. The outcast faces Erky. Takes a couple steps forward. 
Ah, I remember you. You escaped prisoner. Ah, the foul-mouthed cleric. But the goblins wanted to eat. Hmm. Well, run your mouth all you want. Soon, you will be forever silenced. Trails off. Roll up perception check again for Erky as he faces the knight. Alright, 19 plus 2, 21. Uh, you. Human. Uh, I recognize your symbol. Painted on your armor. With that perception check you noticed on his breastplate, he has a... looks like a sun with a circle around the sun. as many rays of light. It's slightly faded and scratched. However, anyone with decent background in, in religion would, would make out that as the symbol of Pelor, one of the deities. Yeah, I recognize that symbol painted on your armor. You are a paladin of Pelor. Are you not? A champion of good? A symbol of light? Why are you serving this evil? I can't hear you. His mind has been consumed. Consumed by the tree. His mind wield. Enough with your questions. Same with the girl. Roll a perception check. Either Dempsey or Erky. 17118. That's her. Dempsey whispers to Erky. That's the hawk real girl. I know it is. That's exactly how she was described. Now, what is it you need from me? Surely you didn't come down here to steal my journal? To parade around my halls, slay the goblins? No. Quickly, I'm growing impatient. Stick your business. Uh, you're right, you smirk. You're right, Balak. As you smirk, you knock your bow. We're here for the girl, and for that. As Balak stepped forward, and as the party slowly pivots around, you notice one single ruby red apple hanging from the Goliath tree. Or the outcast quickly shifts his attention to the tree, looks at the apple, shakes his head vigorously, and and swings back towards you, slamming his staff on the ground. How dare you? You come in here, steal my belongings? Now you have the gall of that. You demand our handle for my life's work? You couldn't have waited but a couple of days? I would have hand-delivered this fruit to your god-blessed doorstep, like I've been doing for the last decade. Balak slams his staff on the ground. You've done this to yourself. Defend your master. Bring me the halfling, slay the rest, use him as compost for the Gothias tree. With that, the Huckreel girl steps to the side of Balak, launches a frigid beam of ice. Already rolled for this one. This giant ray of frost comes screaming towards Dempsey. She rolled a natural one, so it was a six total. It misses. The beam of ice rips over the heads of the party, crashes into the tower wall, just a few feet behind them sending bits of stony debris into the bushes, high into the air of the cavern walls. Combat now begins. Rolls have been made. Good luck. Dexter is going to be sent forward, thanks to Dempsey pointing him in the right direction. Yeah, boy. Keep that guy busy. And with that, Dexter sprints. The bull mastiff, wearing a leather saddle on top, darts forward and leaps towards the knight, Sir Bradford, and attempts to make a bite at his lower section. That is a 13, 13 plus a 3. I have a feeling that does not hit. And it misses. So, Dexter leaps forward, grabs onto a piece of plate mail and chain mail, and gets kind of kicked forward. That turns to Erky's turn. Erky's going to cast Mmm, Bane or Bless? He's gonna cast Bless. He's gonna take a couple steps forward so he can kind of see where everyone's behaving. He makes 10 feet to the west. He has a wall behind him. There's now an opening behind him as there's a break in the wall. Um, 15 feet forward, there's Sir Bradford fighting Dexter. 
and then about 30 feet to the west of that is Sharwin and the outcast. So he's going to cast Bless and avoid any charisma saving throws here. So pops open some holy water. Meepo, Dempsey, and Dexter. May the gods shine on you. With that, a veil of holy water, a light mist falls over the shoulders of all of his party members. Dexter, Dempsey, and Mr. Meepo now have the blessing spell. With a bonus action, Erky's going to cast spiritual weapon. It's going to take the form of a large rose with plenty of thorns. And this is to represent the goddess of agriculture, Shantae, which is the god that Erky worships. So a floating spectral weapon, in this case, a floating rose. And he's going to cast it on top of Balak, right in between Balak and Sharwin Hukriel. And so it's going to make a, with his bonus action, you can also make an attack. So go for it. 1d8. Ooh, roll the 8 plus the 4. Nice, 12. So 12 points of damage as this giant rose sprouts up and wraps around the bearded wizard. Come on, Shantae. I followed your instructions vividly. Lash out at the weevil block. Uh, you pesky little thing. That takes us to block, as he was just hit by quite a lot of damage. Mm, two can play that game, though. Block sidesteps the thorny rose, which is about five feet tall, walks closer to the tree, kind of hobbles forward as fast as he can, about 10 feet, so he's no longer in range of the rose, and casts Flaming Sphere, a five-foot diameter sphere of fire. Piers, just inches from Erky, so it begins to burn. So Erky has to make a DC save of Dex, let's see. Yep, Dex. Alright, so he fails. So 2d6 of fire. 4, 6, 10. So 10 points of fire damage. That's a lot of damage. It's hot in here. I'm alright. I'm alright. The gnome starts patting out his clothes, trying to, to stop some of the fire from spreading as it burns the fabric underneath his armor. And that takes us to Mr. Dempsey. Alright, Dempsey's going to cast... Hmm, going to cast Hunter's Mark on... Probably going to be on... Yeah, it'll be on Sir Bradford since Sir Bradford's currently attacking his dog. And he feels nothing but responsibility for that dog. So, so his target becomes Dempsey's sole focus as he attempts to shoot him with his longbow. Remember, damn it. So you roll the four plus a seven, even with bless, that'll miss. Son of a gun, this thing's... Hang in there, Dexter. How are you doing over there, Erky? Uh, Dempsey's gonna kind of close the gap, stand between... Um, he's just gonna run 10 feet forward just so you get a little closer in case he can possibly draw out the knight. That takes us to Sharwin, Huckreel, the wizard girl. Things are not going too well. All right. The young female wizard, their eyes glossed over in black, gray bark-looking skin. She's clearly entranced, and under the spell of Balak in the tree, lumbers forward, focuses in on Dempsey, and casts magic missile with all three of them. So all three darts, three glowing darts of magical force. All three of them make contact with Dempsey. So yeah, rolled pretty well. Um, looks like 13 points of damage. Boom, 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 one after another. Concussion blows right to the chest. Minus 13 for Mr. Dempsey. Sharwin Huckreel shows no emotion. That turns to Sir Bradford. Sir Bradford raises. He's holding a, 
with his left hand he's holding the large shield with his right he's holding this beautiful long sword which is named and he brings it down down onto the dog plus six to hit and that will hit as a 19 1d8 plus four all right five points not too bad barely nicks makes contact with the with the leather harness first before it kind of bounces off and slides down the, the rib cage of Dexter as it whimpers. <laughs> now, Sir Bradford, same situation, black eyes, gray skin, is going to make his way towards Dempsey, which is going to provoke an opportunity of attack for the dog. So, good luck, Dexter. All right. Dexter rolled a 17, which is not enough to hit. However, he has Bless. He only needs one more. So regardless, let's see what he does. Yep, 19. So Dexter is able to make a bite attack. Sir Bradford, put some points on that guy. All right, four points of damage to Sir Bradford. Somehow his canine teeth slide through the chainmail. Damage is done. Winces in pain, lifts up one of its arms holding its shield a little higher to look down at the dog, but it still pays no attention as it moves forward. Now within a few feet of Dempsey as they stand toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That brings us to Meepo. Meepo is a kobold inventor, has a ton of goodies. However, I think what he does best is use his sling, since he now has advantage and bless, as he has pack tactics, because Erky, I mean, Dempsey is within, you know, melee range of the enemies attacking. So, good luck, Meepo, as he shoots forward his sling. Meepo is the furthest back from everyone. He's almost behind the wall of that fallen tower. All right, first one's a 19, but you can still roll again to see if you have... All right, perfect. 11, so we're using the 19. Plus 4, plenty of room. Definitely hits as he slings a rock towards Sir Bradford. As he attempts to knock him. All right, three plus two, five. Another five points, man. The stone glides perfectly in the air and cracks the knight right in the jaw. Draws blood, blackish blood. Chips a tooth in the process. However, the knight is unfazed as it is currently being mind-controlled by Balak and the powers of the Goliath tree. All right, that ends the first wave of combat. Roll a d4. That is a 1. So, from the Goliath tree, you can see some of the branches moving. I'll be roll a perception check. All right, 12. So, Dempsey and and Erky both kind of looked at the trees. It's it's not not difficult to notice some of the noises being made from the Goliath tree. Though there's not a ton of foliage on it. Um, it's still awfully gnarly in terms of all the branches so a little on the difficult side to see through the Goliath tree but at this time you notice a twig blight emerging from the branches up top dropping to the ground thud and with that one of the twig blights enters combat just a few feet from the tree however that's not the only commotion going on in the tree you notice something else Kalkit my friend now is your time. Aid your master. Feast on the little ones. After hearing Balak's command, a giant frog leaps out from the tree and lands in the ground. He's going to land within just a few feet of Mr. Erky. So we got Dempsey, Meepo, and Sir Bradford kind of tangled up in a mess. And now we have the giant frog and Erky and point blank of each other. So, the twig, uh, giant frog is now in between Erky and Dexter the dog. And that'll take us back to the top of the round. And it is Dexter's turn. Dexter is going to shift gears here. He's going to, he's going to run towards the giant frog as it's, giant frog is actually kind of larger than, than Dexter the dog. Enough, he's actually quite large. So, he runs up to him attempts to make a bite attack. Alrighty, I doubt that hits. That's a nine. Not far off, but that will miss. 
I'm looking to see if he has bless. He does have bless, so let's add that. You need a two or higher. Yeah, that sucks. You got a one. So Dexter leaps forward, tempting to bite down on the giant frog. Gets some paws up on top of uh, the frog. However, it just kind of slips and slides off the back of the frog, who's still amphibious. And he is unsuccessful, unable to bite down on anything worthwhile as the frog evades attack. That plops us over to Erky's turn. Erky, with his bonus action, is going to swing forward towards Balak once more with his spiritual weapon. Let's see if this hits. Perfect. 16 plus 4, 20, that will hit. So this is his bonus action. Oh, 7 plus 2, 9. Jeez. Giant spiritual thorny rose wraps around Balak, puncturing his cloth robe as it slides up and down before releasing, causing the, the druid to begin to bleed through his wool cloak and robe. Plenty more where that came from, Balak. Alright, no movement for Erky. Doesn't want to evoke opportunity of attack. Takes us to Balak. Balak is going to slide over. Well, actually, Erky still has his main action, which we are going to use. He's going to cast Sacred Flame. He's going to shoot towards... Let's go towards Balak. Let's just really, really let him have it. Nah, let's... Yeah, let's go towards Balak. So... Uh, Block needs to make a deck save of 12. He made it. He succeeds. Flame shoots out from the gnome cleric. But it doesn't quite reach. doesn't quite reach a lock as it dissipates in the air. Thanks to the previous stream of frost ray that Sherwin launched earlier. It causes no damage. Now that takes us to Balak, who is going to slide over the flaming sphere. Bonus action, you can move the sphere up to 30 feet if you ram the sphere into a creature. So he's going to move it again. Um, Mr. Erky needs to make a deck save here. And that will succeed. So, um, yep, still 2d6 halved. So let's see. 4, 9, alright, four, 4 points of damage towards Erky. I'm not sure if it's 3 or 4, but we'll do 4, four points of damage. Erky is... Everyone here is taking some damage. Erky's not at much health right now. If he goes, I think it could be quite horrible. I think everyone might go. He's the only one that really has any big saves in terms of healing. So that is just a bonus action, I believe, for for Balak. Yeah, it looks like that's just a bonus action. So I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. Balak is going to cast Cure Wounds on himself as his action. So 1d8 as a 2 plus 4, 6. So add 6 points to Block. That Block just doubled his health. Time is not up yet. Soon you will all be killed most. And that will end Block's turn as he stays pretty much where he is. That will shoot us over to Dempsey. Dempsey going to make an attack. Dempsey's going to slide over his Hunter's Mark. He's going to slide over Hunter's Mark towards Balak, since he is within melee range of Sir Bradford. He doesn't want to use his hand axe, and he's going to make an attempt at shooting Balak with his longbow. Though he would much rather take out the Golthias tree, he is worried if he wastes time shooting a tree with his arrows. It's kind of a suicide mission. So at this point, he's going to Take one for the team, most likely get hit by Sir Bradford, and attempt to take out Block, the outcast. 4 plus 7 is 11, plus plus 12, so Block has AC of 11, that hits. Right there's 8 points of damage. That leaves Block with single, single hit points. And he's going to use Hunter's Mark, he's going to add the bonus action there. Uh, the bonus damage, 1d6, boom, roll the 6. Balak takes an arrow right in the chest, collapses his lung, gasps for air. Balak steps about 10 feet forward, patting his chest where the arrow is, almost in disbelief, just can't quite, he's in complete shock as his lungs collapse, mouth fills with blood, 
He looks like he's dazed and confused as he just crumples to the ground. Alok has died. Erky, I, th I think we may be all right here. Meepo, I need you to retrieve that fruit. I'm not sure what's going to go on from here. Dempsey is going to... He's going to stay put and face the inevitable attack from Sir Bradford. As Balak falls to the ground, dead, the giant tree moans and quakes. But the spell remains as Sir Bradford and Sharwin are still deep under the spell of the Goliath tree and currently still mind-controlled. Sharwin steps forward. I'm going to roll a d4, whatever it lands on. That's what spell she's going to use. Just to switch things up here a bit. Keep it random. Four. Sharwin steps forward. Grabs her spell book. Thumbs through it quickly. And she casts sleep. Roll 5d8. And that's how many people it affects, starting with the lowest hit point first. Alrighty. Well, the way this works, um... Meepo and Dempsey are both unconscious as they fall to the ground. They are out cold. They are out cold for a minute unless they are attacked, take some damage, or woken up by a party member. As of now, they are rendered completely useless. With that, Sharwin ends her turn as she steps towards Balak and stands over his fallen body. Uh, Dempsey, Meepo, not the time. Let's get up here takes us to Sir Bradford. I mean, he is now hovering over both, both, you know, Dempsey, which is, this is going to be his next attack, but he's, um, Sharwin and Sir Bradford pretty much share the same brain. He knows not to attack. He is going to pivot and make his way towards Erky. Pretty much just has to pivot like a good five feet. So, as both Dempsey and Meepo are out cold, Sir Bradford raises his his sword forward, the one that is named Shatterspike, and he attempts to hit Erky's shield, that adolescent dwarven shield he picked up and previously off a fallen goblin, and he attempts to destroy it. Now, I've looked up the rules for this a few times, and I believe here in the Dungeon Master's little folder pamphlet, Shield, Trapper Keeper, whatever you want to call it. Um, object Armor Class. Wood would be 15, which is primarily what it is. So let's say he rolls to hit the wooden shield. If he succeeds, it will most likely be destroyed. So with one hand, brings it up, and um, roll a d20. 17, that easily hits. That's not even with his modifier. Brings forward 1d8 plus 4. Okay, as far as I can tell, destroys it. Let's just read it. If it hits an object with Shatter Spike, it automatically critically hits, critically hits, dealing bludgeoning damage or slashing damage to the object of your choice. Yeah. Sir Bradford steps forward, raises Shatter Spike high in the air. It glimmers in the lighting. Fluorescent fungus hanging from the ceiling of the cavern space shines perfectly on Shatter Spike as it is brought down, makes contact with Erky's shield. <laughs> Completely obliterates it as pieces of wood go flying in the air and the metal band around it crumples and falls in half. Oh God, oh, thank God I have the shield, oh my God. Dempsey, help. So with that, it lowers Erky's, that is going to lower Erky's AC here by two, I believe. Yep. All right. Erky's armor class went from 18 to 16. That will end Sir Bradford's turn. The Twig Blight's turn. 5, 10, 15, 20. Runs forward, moving vine from vine, root from root, side to side, waddles as fast as it can. First enemy it makes contact with is Dexter. Attempts to slash out at Dexter. 11 plus 3, either way, that'll hit. Roll for damage. Twig Blight. Mmm, not good. We're not doing too good here. <laughs> three points of damage towards Dexter as a vine slashes on the back of poor Dexter. Dog whimpers in pain. Yelps. <laughs> flinches. 
Dexter is now between the frog, Twig Blight, Sir Bradford. And that'll take us to Meepo's turn. And Meepo is out cold. Takes us to the frog's turn. Frog is going to attempt to make a bite on Erky, who now is shieldless. Seven. Don't believe that will hit. Let's see what his modifier is. Seven plus three, ten. That'll still miss. Attempts to bite down. The giant frog has some cool attacks. Some cool abilities. If he was able to make a bite, he can then swallow any one of the party members. However, he is unable to latch down. Or he is teethless. And Erky, still well armored in chainmail. And that'll end the frog's turn. Colkin. Brings us up to the top of the round to Dexter. Whew. Now that Dexter is absolutely surrounded, it is going to be hard for him to avoid being attacked, but really has no other option. He can't stay there. Hmm. I have to decide whether or not you want Dexter to try to kill a twig blight, the frog, then try to pivot so you can at least free up Erky so Erky doesn't get it. Let's see. Uh, regardless, He's not going to be able to kill the frog. And the twig blight won't be a problem for Erky. So Dexter's going to swivel towards Dempsey. He'll still be within melee range of Sir Bradford. He never quite leaves his space. So Sir Bradford doesn't have an opportunity to attack on Dexter. However, the twig blight and the frog both get to make bite attacks. Frog goes first. Five. Natural five plus three. Eight. Miss. Luckily. Twig blight. Rolls a six plus a three, nine. Twig Blight whips its vines. They both crack the ground floor, get stuck in the briars and the little moss as they get pulled back. The frog attempts to bite, able to fit one of the hind legs of the dog in its mouth before it lets go. As he slips away, Dexter is now hovering over Dempsey and Meepo. He attempts to wake up Dempsey, nuzzling him with his nose. <laughs> And that is successful, as Dempsey is now awake. Thank God. And that'll end Dexter's turn. That'll bring us to Erky. Let me read this sleep spell, make sure Erky can wake up from a distance. All right, it makes the most sense for Erky to not help Meepo and use his spells. Erky's going to cast Prayer of Healing. It's his second level spell. He is now out of second level spell slots because he used spiritual weapon previously. And a look, you roll one, you roll two d8 plus six. Your modifier. He rolled a 15, so up to six party members. A giant flash of light erupts from the cleric as it washes over all the party members, including Erky, as all of them regain 15 points of health. Please shine over me, wash over my friends. Boom. Big flash of bright light as a stream of light seems to come from the top of the cavern. Opening hits Erky as he turns bright white, glows in the dark, and a big flash of light comes from the cleric, washes over the party members as they all are now pretty much full health. And with his bonus action, he's going to use spiritual weapon. The giant rose is going to shift towards going to shift towards Sharwin, who is the closest in attempt to wrap around her. 16, 12 plus 4 to hit, that hits, roll 1d8 plus 2, that's 7. Sharwin still stands as the giant rose moves in position and cuts open her robe, cutting her arms or abdomen before letting go. And that will end Erky's turn. That brings us to Dempsey. Dempsey is still standing. All right, takes us to Dempsey. Dempsey's really considering waking up Meepo. However, he knows he's going to be more helpful playing offensively. He's going to sidestep. He has his bow in hand. Considers shooting the Hakuryo girl. However, he knows if he hits her, it will drop her dead. That is one of the main reasons he is here, is to save her. He's not sure how he's going to do it, but he can't shoot her within, with a ranged weapon. It will kill her. He could knock her out if he was in melee range. So he's going to keep his hunter's mark on Sir Bradford, unpocket his hand axe, and attempt to hit down the knight, the paladin of Pelor, with his hand axe. 
Going right for the kneecap. Alright. A 9 plus a 4. It's a 13. I'll roll the bless. It was a 1. It was a 14. That will miss. Boom. <laughs> With his axe, he cracks. Hits the plate armor of the paladin. Right in the knees. But it does nothing. No damage is done. Dempsey's going to step away from everything. He's going to attempt to run towards the tree. Hopefully draw off some people. This is going to give Sir Bradford an opportunity of attack. As he moves around Dexter and Meepo. Makes his way down to the tree. So, Sir Bradford whips Shatter Spike to the right. Attempting to slash the ranger. Alright, that's a 9 plus 5, I believe. No, it's a plus 6. So 15. That will hit. Roll for damage. 1d8 plus 4. That is a 7 plus 4, 11 points. <laughs> Lightning speed. Even though the knight's eyes are black and lifeless, still has incredible senses. That is as in tune with everything that is in contact with the Gothias tree as the roots run deep and little saplings sprout up under the ground. It knows exactly where everyone is on this map. Makes contact with the ranger, slicing it through the back. Sending blood in the air. Ah! ah. The little halfling ranger stumbles forward, never falling to the ground as it continues running towards the tree. Thank God for that heal. Takes us to Sharwin. Sharwin is out of her first level spells. She's going to use Ray of Frost. She's going to attempt to destroy Dempsey, who is the first one to make contact with the tree. Frigid beam of blue-white and light streaks towards a creature within range. He attempts to take down Mr. Dempsey. That was a natural one, six. 0 for 2, this frigid beam of ice. Shoots just behind the halfling as he is too nimble as he dodges the icicles as they continue far into the cavern as you hear him crashing into the walls behind as it goes through trees and bushes that will end her turn as she steps forward maybe 10 feet lumbering towards the ranger attempting to eventually take him out back to sir bradford hmm sir bradford is going to attempt to take down Erky as he's going to let Sharwin handle the halfling. He's focused right now on destroying Erky. So rolls a 13 plus a 6, 19. Easily hits. He rolled a 7 plus 4, 11. Shatter spike once more finds its target perfectly as it slashes down in the neck of Erky Timbers, just narrowly missing his carotid artery, clipping the collarbone causing blood to pool in his divot before it leaks down. Oh my. Hey, Dempsey, how about we focus on this guy who's whipping my ass? Dempsey turns to see Erky, and that will end Sir Bradford's turn. Takes us to the twig blight. The twig blight is going to pivot and make his way towards Dempsey. He's going to roll out an attack. Four, that'll miss. Once more, vines and needle-like branches pierce the dirt, ripping through a piece of the cloak that Dempsey is wearing as it drives itself into the dirt and releases, causing no damage. That will end his turn. Meepo, who is asleep, remains snoring as he is perched up against, halfway against the fallen wall that's still about 20 feet tall, which once was a tower of some sort. This is almost completely crumbled. Meepo is useless right now. He's out of the picture. Takes us to Colkit, the giant frog. Giant frog is still within melee range of Erky. Poor Erky. Attempts to bake a bite in hopes of eventually swallowing the little gnome. As a 13 plus 3 that will hit. Bites down on Erky. 1d6 plus 1. That is a 1. That's a 2. 2 points of damage for Erky. And now Erky is restrained. He's grappled. So minus 2 for Erky as the frog latches down on his quads refusing to let go. And that will end Colkit the Frog's turn. Brings us up to Dexter. Dexter is going to pivot. He is now able to wake up Meepo as he attempts to nuzzle the fallen kobold. 
Kobold seemed to be having a nightmare as he's startled awake by a giant dog. Meepo is now awake, and that'll end Dexter's turn. Good job, Dex. He woke up two party members. Erky is currently within, currently being grappled by a frog as he's attempting to swallow Erky whole. <laughs> he's resisting quite heavily. Oh my Dempsey, this is not good. Let go, you effing giant frog. Erky attempts to push off the giant frog. He's not using a movement, not using any of his action just yet. He's going to use his bonus action with his spiritual weapon and attempt to finish off the Huckreel girl. However, he can't do that as he's afraid it will kill her. He's going to bring his spiritual weapon towards the frog and attempt to hit the frog. So this bonus action rolls a d8 plus a 4. It's a 12. That hits. Roll for damage. Four plus two, six, six points of damage to the frog. The giant rose just repeatedly smacks the back of this frog, kind of like a dog who's got a hold of something and just will not let it go no matter how hard you try. As it just continues to latch down on the little gnome as he continues to inch its lips forward, attempting to swallow Erky whole. Erky still has uh, an action to take. Um, he's going to use Word of Radiance. He has a AoE attack here. You utter divine word, burning radiance erupts from you. Creatures within five feet must succeed on a constitution saving throw. So, um, Sir Bradford and the frog have to make con saves. Alright, Sir Bradford's fine. And the frog's fine. Is uh, Erky is struggling to get the words out as he is attempting to avoid being eaten alive here. He's unable to fully recite what it is he's trying to say. Mother Shantae, please That ends the gnome's turn. Yep, that ends the gnome's turn. Alright, takes us up to Dempsey. Dempsey's gonna pivot. He's gonna, though he is so close from grabbing that fruit, he probably would have to use an athletics check to raise his bow and knock the fruit down, as it is still a little too high. He's going to shoot over the head of the twig blade who's currently attacking him and attempt to take out... Hmm. <laughs> He's going to attempt to take out Sir Bradford, though he thinks he doesn't want Erky to be swallowed. Sir Bradford right now is more of a threat. Keeps the hunter's mark over Sir Bradford and attempts to destroy the knight, the paladin of Pelor. Knocks an arrow, lets it rip. 21 hit, 14 plus 7, that's without bless. Easily does it. There's 11 points of damage. Just for that, let's add add your hunter's mark. So D6, so four, 15. Right through the plate armor and through the back. Dempsey's arrow slides through both sides of the plate armor, through the back and through the chest, as it almost comes completely out. The arrow is only a few inches from Erky's face as it is stuck inside the Paladin of Pelor. The knight grabs the arrow from the front, attempts to slide it out, eyes still black, not having any emotion at all, attempts to remove it, falls forward, rolls off Erky, crumples to the ground. The beautiful shatter spike, the named blade, slides over the ground and rests at the feet of the cleric. Sir Bradford is now out of the picture. There you go. <laughs> that ought to help. Oh my god, I owe you one, Dempsey. However, you might have to gut me out of this frog. He's currently swallowing me alive. Sharwin once more attempts to attack Dempsey. Gonna do it again. She's gonna launch forward Ray of Frost. That is a 15, yeah, plus the five. It's a good 20. Ray of Frost hits, ice crystals form around the female's hand, both hands, one clutching the spellbook, begins to frost over and harden, the other one which is pointed and open fingers towards the ranger, erupt. It sends a streak of ice towards the, towards the ranger as it hits. Roll 1d8. 
That is a six. Six points of damage. Ah. The ranger is now covered in a sheet of very thin frost and ice. A little bit of movement here and there breaks sheets off. However, the ranger's movement is cut by 10 feet. And that will end her turn. Sir Bradford is dead. It's his turn. Twigblight attempts to attack Dempsey. That'll miss. That's a seven. Meepo. Meepo stands upright. And as it cuts his movement in half, pivots forward. And he's just going to see the first creature within range. And he's going to attempt to take out the twig blight. He's currently destroying his friend. It's an eight. He has advantage. It's a five. So the eight. Let's see. The twelve. And he's got blast too. That hits. Roll for damage. Three plus two. Five. Meepo's got you. Hits the brittle neck area of this animated bush who is pretty much without any foliage and just cracks the brittle spine bundle of twigs just obliterates cracks in half setting bits and pieces as it just all of a sudden becomes a pile of sticks crumbles to the ground thank you Meepo glad to see you're up and alive sir. Meepo runs towards towards Dexter he's unable to reach him only about half halfway there Halfway from the pillar he was on to the tree as his movement's cut in half because he had to stand upright. That'll end his turn. Frog's turn now, who is currently grappling poor Erky. Alright, the frog has to make one more bite attack. If it succeeds while this enemy is currently being grappled, then it will be able to swallow it whole. Nope, that is a 14, 11 plus 3. Erky is still a 16, even without a shield. He's unsuccessful. <laughs> The frog squirms around, attempting to swallow something pretty much the same size as its own, as the cleric is beating it over the head. No, no, bad. Stop it. Back to the top of the round brings us to Mr. Dexter. Dexter's going to leap over the fallen corpse of Sir Bradford. Hmm, should he make his way towards Sharwin and end that whole thing? 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Yeah, you can make it. Runs past the frog, makes it within melee range of Sharwin. That will invoke an opportunity attack by the frog, but he's not going to do anything because he's still currently biting down on an Erky. He's going to attempt to. Dexter's going to attempt to bite Sharwin, knocking her out, not killing her. That's a 16, natural 16, that will hit regardless. So roll 1d6 plus 1. 2 plus 1, 3. Ripping pieces of the spell book, drawing blood, biting down the hand. Sharwin's still upright, though knocking on death's door as she's just like a half a blow away from falling apart. That will end Dexter's turn. Herky's turn is currently being devoured. He's going to do sacred flame right down the throat, right down the throat of Colkit. So make a dex save of 12. That will fail as a nine. Let's see. Yeah, nine plus the one. Ten. So, fails. Frog is going to receive a sacred flame. Roll a 1d8. That's a three. Erky shoves one of his hands deep inside the mouth, attempting to pry it out. Unsuccessful. Launches a sacred flame. Thing whimpers, kind of gaggle. Smoke billows out from the frog's mouth, still not stopping. For the, for the love of God, let go, you crazy effing. That ends Erky's turn. However, he's going to use his bonus action with the spiritual weapon and continue to strike down on the frog. Spiritual weapon's pretty nice. It's a 19 to hit. It hits. Roll the D, roll the damage, 1D8 plus 2. That's four points. The eyes roll over as it crumples to the ground. It's a giant vine, repeatedly like a whip, whipping the back of this frog. It falls to the ground, releases Erky. 
as Erky kind of falls out of the mouth of the giant frog, just a pile of slime at its feet. The frog is done, and Erky is free. <laughs> oh, get me out of this place. <laughs> All right, cleanup time here. Everything's slowly coming to an end. Well done. Takes us to Dempsey. Dempsey, make an athletic check if you want to retrieve this fruit. That's a 14. See what your modifier is. Plus two, yeah, easily. 16. Uses his bow. Come on. <clears throat> Knocks the fruit down. Make a, another athletics check. Or dexterities. Make a dex save. You roll a seven. So five plus two. You're unable to grab onto the fruit as it bounces off your hand. You bobble it up throat once it's in the air again, kind of bobbling it, trying to catch it as you're juggling your blong bow on your tippy toes, trying to knock it down, and it falls to the ground. So you have it down, however, it's no longer in your possession. That'll end your that'll end your turn. Ah, it's somewhere in here. Now Sharwin's turn, same thing. She's gonna attempt to ray of frost you. As there's nothing much else she can really do. That will miss. That's a natural eight. Their modifier still misses you. <sighs> Boom. Another echoing blast of frost hovers over the head of Dempsey as he's fumbling in the dirt trying to grab this fruit. Come on, come on. Oh, I almost have it here, Erky. That ends Sharwin's turn. Now it's Meepo's turn. I'm super happy we found it. Roll a perception investigation check, Meepo. 18 plus 1, 19, easily. <laughs> Meepo picks up the fruit. I got it. Meepo got it. And he attempts to put it in the bag of, of Dempsey. <laughs> so he succeeds. Meepo picks it up, picks up the fruit, puts it in your bag. There, Meepo help you. Oh my god, thanks Meepo. Uh, you're a blessing. That'll end Meepo's turn. Everyone else is done. Brings us back up to Dexter. Dexter's going to run towards... Sharwin attempting to take her out. Roll for a bite. Try to knock her out. 14, 1, 15, 6, uh, 14 plus whatever, 3, 17. That hits. Roll your d6. That's a natural 6. That is more than enough. She has 3. <laughs> Big giant bull mastiff with a saddle on its back. Bunch of bags. Leaps forward pretty much as a bear hug as it just wraps its arms over the neck. Of the girl, big barrel chest, lands on top of her, <laughs> drives her to the ground. Thud, boom, she hits her head on the stony marsh ground, covered in bits of rubble from all the disintegrated buildings and cobblestone floors. She's out cold, boom. Well done, Dex. With that, combat has ended. Officially, you defeated Block the Outcast. Well done. As the dust settles, you look around for a moment before you stand upright, pushing off the turf. Your green hooded cloak is a little damp from the previous frost ray as it's melted. Whew. Uh, Erky, how are you? I'm alright. I'm okay, actually. Whew. I'm doing good. I think we did it. Did you get your fruit? Ah, yeah. You sling open your bag, open it up, the leather strap, and you see that ruby red apple. Oh, man. Grab it in your hand, and it starts to feel real now as the actual weight is on your palm, weighing you down. It's a rather large ruby red apple. I got it. Looks like this is the only one here on the tree. Huh. You pull out your hatchet and you walk towards Erky, stopping at Block, and you roll him over with your hatchet <laughs> sprawled out. Yeah, he's dead. Dead, all right. Take your hatchet, you kneel down, you raise it. Dempsey? And you lower it down, and you begin <laughs> cutting off strips of Block's robe. Before you have a, a long strip in your hand, you pull out your ruby red apple and you roll that fabric, that 
gray wool piece of scrap that was once Balak's cloak. It is now wrapped around the fruit entirely, and you set it back in your bag. There we go. While you're down there, you check the rest of his pockets. You heard some clinking. You loot two, actually three potions of healing and two antitoxins, along with a wand. A wand of entangle. Eh, it's a wand here. We'll have to go over all this stuff eventually. How's a, how's that Sir Bradford? How's he looking? Yeah, he's, he's done all right. Herky's looking over the corpse of Sir Bradford. His skin is still gray and bark-like. Um, Herky's being pretty respectful. He's not really going through his stuff. He does, however, grab his blade and the sheath, which was on his belt. And he swings it around in the air a couple of times. It's rather large, especially for a gnome, for a longsword. And he puts the sword back in the sheath and fixes it to his belt. Erky's belt, that is. Uh, hey, you Dexter, come over here. How are you? Uh, good boy. Stand and watch still. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. You too, Meepo. Where are you? There. How are you doing, Meepo? Well, this was fine. Meepo's good. I had a nice long rest. Feeling pretty good. Awesome. Uh, you kneel over the body of Sharwin Hukriel. Uh, Erky, can I take a look at this? You realize her skin is still gray and the veins underneath her gray skin are black. You can see him pulsing. She's breathing and has a pulse. You flip open an eyelid. Oh man, she's still under the, the power of the tree, it looks like, or under Balak's command. Is there any way you can perform an exorcism or something? I got the rest of my holy water here. I'll cast Bless on her, but that's worth a shot, I suppose. Erky kneels, recites his prayer, casts blessed, pours out the rest of his holy water, but not much. A thin veil of light and mist float over the body of Sharwin Huckreel before it kind of hits her skin. It turns into steam almost. For a moment, there's a little flash of light, but that changes nothing. She's still showing the same color, gray skin. I don't know, Erky. What are we going to do? I mean, we can obviously bring her back, but... Uh, I don't know what else to do. It'd be awfully hard to carry her back. I don't know. We can bring her to, the sh to a cathedral, a shrine. There's obviously much more there than I ever have. At that time, you both make eye contact with each other, and you turn both simultaneously to face the tree and look back at each other. You nod. Erky nods. Okay. And then it cuts to maybe ten minutes in the future as Meepo, Erky, and Dempsey are stacking up kindling all around the tree, the base of the trunk. Throwing all the fallen, broken sticks that are dry, leaves, everything. You're creating a big circle around the Gothias tree. You've pulled out all the your torches, you have the rest of your flask, a little bit of the oil you have, and you then stack up a block along the base of the tree, put them in a friendly position as you possibly can, you're paying some respect to him, you read his diary, you know his story, and then Erky's also very courteous and respectful for Sir Bradford as he does the same. Keeps him in his armor. He's got the seal of Pelor on his chest. Everything except for his sword. Stacks him alongside the tree. Both look at each other once more. Alright, I'd say we light it and we leave. This is a big cavern space, but I could fill it with smoke fast. Couldn't agree more. Um... I'll say my thanks when we get out of this place. So, 
With that, you light a torch. You have two in your hand. Herky has three torches on him. And you begin lighting them and chucking them onto the tree. You light Block, light Sir Bradford, and all the kindling around that giant Glathias tree. And you begin exiting. You stack Sharwin, Huckreel, on top of Dexter. You have a like a foot left of rope and you enough to bind her hands and secure it to the harness and you begin your exit takes you about 15 minutes to weave through all these you know bushes and vines and thickets that you previously went through you know the way though this time but still takes time to exit there's really no other way out of this place other than the way you came in as far as you can tell you reach the base of the floor again. You are almost there in Balak's study room. Just another 20 feet before you head back into the citadel. And you turn as a party. And you see almost an apocalyptic sight. This massive tree burning in the dark. Fully involved now. Quite pretty. Giant flames. Smoke, and then um, make one perception check. All right, 16. As the flames kind of illuminate some of the cavern, you notice hundreds, if not thousands, of what seem to be bats as they're chirping and screeching. They seem to be just fluttering around, circling the the flame and the smoke of the Glathias tree and they are spiraling upwards out of the cavern space. There's a very small hole there, maybe a foot wide. Here and there, a couple little holes. They're all exiting. Wow, look at all those bats. Thousands of them. Yeah, that's odd. Almost looks like they're exiting from the, the tree itself. And at that point, you notice in the, in the flames giant silhouette of a massive vampire bat. Looks like the size of a small dragon. Whoa. Look at that size of that bat. And it poof, turns into smoke, almost like it was just a smoke bat. And it vanishes in the air of the cavern space. And all the other bats seem to vanish as well. Now it's just a tree burning in the dark. Well... I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for a drink. Let's say, we leave. Yes. Let's do it, guys. After all, I said I owe you a drink at the old bore Inn. Let's do it. As you turn to exit, you you see the skin of the girl, Sharwin Huckreel, starting to warm up with less of a gray complexion and turning more into a pink. You flip open an eyelid, and you notice they are not completely black anymore. They're starting to starting to return to normal. Hey, I think we did it. There might be a there might be a chance she survives. Let me see. Let me see. Hey, she's warm. <laughs> awesome. I think we're doing it. Sweet. Well, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And you exit. I won't make you make any rolls. You snake through the entire undergrove. Seems pretty barren at this point. You don't hear anything. Make it to the well. You exit the well for the third time. You pace through the halls of the sunless citadel. Past dead goblins, giant rats, former living quarters of the kobolds. And you step up all the stairs. At this point, you are now out of the sunless citadel you are sitting on the the edge of the ravine it is about midday now the sun is out a little slight breeze as you can hear it blowing through the trees <sighs> we did it guys can't say enough good things about you guys i owe you i owe you so much i never thought i would see you in there Ricky, but i'm beyond glad i did me too. Thank you for rescuing me. 
That's not how I saw this going, but I'm glad I, glad I ran into you. The two of them embrace and hug, and you turn to face Meepo. Meepo is covered up <clears throat> as best as he can with a cloak, as he is not a fan of the sunlight. Oh, sorry about that, Meepo. Here. You remove your green hooded cloak and you place it over the top of Meepo as he's now covered up and no longer getting any of the sun's rays on his skin. Ah, Meepo, thank you. Sun hurts? Yeah. So what's next for you, Meepo? You joining us? You heading over to to Oakers with us? Or are you are you staying here? Are you gonna find your tribe? If you decide to leave, well, I'll give you a third of the of the winnings here. We'll start dividing it up now. You've earned it. You've earned it. Thank you. Gives you gives you a hug. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without you. Like I said it over and over. You've come in. Very, you're very useful. You're a great fighter. I know things aren't great back home with you and Eustriel. So. You don't have to return if you don't want to. You can start a new life, leave through these woods if you'd like. But, uh... Yeah. Meepo. You're welcome to... to follow me. I'm gonna need some help. Like I said, I have inherited a rather large property. I'll give you a room and board for free if you... I'll give you a job. You can live with me. You can take care of my... my property together. You don't have to return to the Citadel if you don't want. Completely up to you, Meepo. Maybe they'll accept you back with open arms after you ran out all the goblins and burnt the tree down. Meepo looks at you guys. Hmm. And I think that will be a, a good good ending spot. So we'll end there and we'll continue with uh, probably one more episode as we determine who's going to Oakhurst. We'll divvy up all the goodies once we arrive, or we'll divvy them up here at the Citadel if Meepo decides to exit. Either way, congrats. We did it. It's always just determined by the rules. Could have went bad, but I think Balak fell pretty fast. Didn't really have any melee you know, party members in our group, so that kind of changes up some things in how Sir Bradford acts, but it was fun. You did it. Um save the follow-up episode and kind of the tidy everything up at the next one but have a good one i'll see you later